This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Let's get hyped! Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Hypecast Colorado Edition. Coming off of Nebraska's opening season loss to Minnesota, Colorado's opening season win against TCU. This game will be in Boulder. And quite frankly, I have no idea what is going to happen. But that's why we have our esteemed panel, as always. Michael Bruns, Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. And this week's special guest, also from 1620 The Zone, they continue to lend their vocal no. talents to the Husker 24-7 hype cast. And for that, we are very appreciative. We have Gary Sharp from the Sharp and Hanley Show. Gary, welcome back to the uh, the Husker 24-7 hype cast. Thank you. Thank you. We, uh, I got to keep, uh, you know, the tradition going with Connor last week. Just don't catch me like when, you know, I like a screenshot. Okay. He's, well, I... he's, he, he's going to boycott, boycott doing this from now on. Oh, wow. I thought he posted his own screenshot. So he's going to boycott himself from posting his own yes, screenshot. Yes. I know. I know. It was kind of weird, wasn't it? Yeah. That, uh, Seems like a weird thing to get mad about, but you know, that's Connor Happer. We'll talk to him after the show. We'll smooth it over. Our talent bookers will, will you know, work their magic. It'll be, it'll be fine. All right. Before we get into Nebraska, Colorado, I, I just want to take this opportunity to let the three of you, since you're, you're slightly older than myself, if you would like to wax poetic about that Halloween game that I've heard about, but have never watched, uh, you know, this is, this is your opportunity with Nebraska, Colorado. So, um, you know, I, that's, that's one of the favorites from, from people yep. on the podcast. So the floor is yours. Whoever wants it. Uh, it was the angriest crowd in Memorial stadium that I can recall. Like it, the Miami game in what 14 rivals it, but 92 people were so ticked off at Colorado from what had happened since they beat him in 88 to what happened the year before to Byron Bennett to what of course happened in 90 that, I mean, Nebraska was out for blood that day, and it was Halloween, so it was already juiced up, and it was crazy. And then, oh, by the way, Nebraska wins 52-7, and they just absolutely crushed Colorado. But fans were angry. I don't care if you were the 90-year-old that was sitting on the 50-yard line or you were the 18-year-old punk that was in the student section. You wanted a piece of Colorado. And then, like, it was just a party. They tore down the goalposts, and the goalposts were being carried throughout downtown Lincoln. Anything you guys would like to add? I was trick or treating. Um, 
What and, were you uh, dressed as? <laughs> Dracula. I Dracula. Dracula was my go-to. Yeah, I was a vampire, and I had uh, the fake blood and all that stuff. But I remember the candy uh, giveouts were very generous because pe- people were just beyond happy. So they'd come to their door and be like, "Take whatever you want, grab with both hands out of the," you know. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty good deal for for all of us. I think uh, what Gary's saying about the angriest crowds um i wasn't in the stadium but i it sure seemed like it was up there with miami and i think next year when colorado comes here i really hope that game's at night because that's gonna be nuts (laughs) (laughs) no matter what happens this week brunch do you remember what you were for halloween this particular year um (laughs) and then your thoughts on that game well i didn't go trick-or-treating so i was at the game there Um, you go i was i was you dressed up as an angry husker fan (laughs) <laughs> I was in third grade and actually, so one of, one of my very good friends growing up was a big Colorado fan. He was from Dem- there from Denver and uh, we went to the game with them and it, it was a little, it was, it was uncomfortable. Like I, the, the, there's been very few times in Memorial stadium where I've ever felt uncomfortable. Um, but it was like, it was palpable. And uh, yeah, I didn't go trick or treating that year. We, uh, we skipped it and uh Got got a little bit more of a horror show. Who, who was the quarterback? That was it. Coy Detmer was he the quarterback that day? Yeah, because they had a little yep. bit of like a, a changing of the guard at that point too, right? I'm trying to remember. So they had Cordell, and then they brought in Detmer. That's right. Yeah, and okay. Travis. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, you're right. BC. I know Travis Hill destroyed him. Trev had a great game. Yep. And the next year, of course, uh, Cordell had a just horse crap game in '93. And uh, at the end, threw a pick to John Reese, and there, there's a good clip of uh, Trev Alberts consoling him, patting him on his uh, helmet after his like third <laughs> pick of the day. Nice. All right, so I'll have to, I'll have to look for that. All right, let's just dive into this Nebraska Colorado uh, Prime Edition, if you will. Uh, so we'll we'll get into to all of that. We'll start as we always do on the offensive side of the ball. Gary Sharp, how would you? utilize jeff sims this weekend i would let him cook with his legs i mean you have to win the football game i think he's going to run the ball at least 20 times again but you know what they were actually pretty creative when they ran with him and i think they can be creative again i i would use his legs and then you got to help him out in the passing game i mean do they trust him to throw intermediary routes but i i think there's i think he's looking at about 20 carries and I, and I think he'll have success running the football. I mean, he had, what, 77 yards after contact? So I would utilize his legs as part of the running game as a whole more than I would say, hey, um, we trust you. We're okay. Here's your arm to, to help us out. We saw a little option from uh, from Jeff Sims on, on Thursday night. I, I would like to see a little bit of more of that moving forward. Michael Brunts, what did you think of Nebraska's offensive line play? on Thursday against Minnesota. And, um, you know, what does that do for your sort of outlook moving forward here in 2023? Yeah, it it seemed like they didn't – they weren't noticeable, which I guess is maybe an improvement. Like, I mean, you had the the series where they gave up the back-to-back sacks, which obviously was not ideal. Um, But I I think – I think it's a group that if they dedicate themselves, I feel like if they would have continued to run the ball in the second half, 
with a little bit more of Gabe Irvin, I think they could have gotten some some stuff done there, down the stretch. It seemed like they were starting to to move guys a little um, more so than they did last year. And that that group is going to need to have a really good day uh, on Saturday against Colorado because I I don't know that Colorado's defense was really even tested that much in the run game. I mean, they gave up a ton of yards. Um, you know, the, it, you don't know how they're going to stand up to power. I don't think they have a ton of depth uh, in that defense. So, you know, I, I think if Nebraska is able to shorten the game and, and a big part of that is the offensive line, I think they can, they can maybe get something done on offense. I mean, I, they were okay. I mean, I, I think okay is, is, is just fine in the first game, but you need to, to be able to move a little bit more up front in, in this one, I think. PC, what did we see from Nebraska's running backs against Minnesota, and what do you think could set up against Colorado? Well, I was surprised it was sort of uh, bounced around between the guys so much. I really did think going in it was going to be Gabe Irvin, like 17 carries, 18 carries sort of deal. And, you know, I – I understand guys have certain plays that work for them, um, but I'd kind of like to see a, a, a game where um, you get a guy with some momentum rolling at that position, maybe gets a couple series in a row. I think Gabe Irvin's the first who comes to mind. You've heard about how he was a battering ram all off season. You kind of want to see it in a game like this where you get up, you get up there and you bully Colorado and try to see if they can stand up to it. So um, that's what I'd kind of like to see um, going in. But I also think within that, this is going into a separate thing, but you're going to have to at some point hit a big pass play too. I think that helps out that run game. And that's where I don't know where it's going to come from. Maybe Tommy Hill's a wild card in this game or, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Lloyd is suddenly where everybody's like, hey, Jalen Lloyd just got a 54-yard pass, you know. They need like something like that, I think, that can also be a nice uh, complementary part to the run game. I think it all works together. Gary, are you more concerned about Travis Hunter, defensive back, Travis Hunter, wide receiver, or I don't know, is there is there a Travis mm-hmm. Hunter special teams? Did we see that? I mean, it doesn't seem like he comes off the field, but uh, Nebraska is going to get it in both barrels. I mean, which one concerns you more? Wide receiver. I mean, you know, there aren't many like two-way guys. Um, I mean, one guy that stands out that I immediately thought of was like the obscure Chris Gamble. Remember him from Ohio State? Yeah. But, I mean, 129 snaps he was on the field for. Good on him and good on the strength and conditioning program at Colorado. But at wide receiver, he worries me. I mean, his ability to make catches, and he's tough. Man, they they tried to rough him up a little bit when they were able to be in his neighborhood and they weren't able to. I think him catching the ball and then taking off. Because Sanders did a really good job of when he would find Hunter or Edwards, he would hit them where they could turn and run. And if you let, if you let Hunter – turn and run after he catches the ball or in stride, then I think you're in trouble. But yeah, in the wide receiver game, he worries me, but I think that's also when you have a chance to hit him, you got to hit him. Brunt, no catches for Billy Kemp, one catch for the tight ends. What, what do we make of that out of Nebraska's passing game on, on Thursday and how much of it was the inability to get open against Minnesota secondary uh, or just, not having the horses to, to be able to put out there in the, the passing game. It's all of it. I mean, I, I think the getting open piece of it has been a concern all, all fall camp. I mean, I, that that's been something that Nebraska was trying to find somebody that could do it. You got to find it. it it's got to be a little bit of a, 
like a handshake thing. I mean, you, you need you need some routes that guys can run where they can get open, but you also need to be able to find Jeff Sims some easy throws. I was surprised that you didn't see more short stuff uh, to the tight ends to get Sims on some kind of rhythm. I mean, he just never was. And, you know, you had Thomas Fedoni, you know, just a non-factor. Um, you know, I was surprised that they didn't do any of the short stuff to Kemp too, because I, I figured that was one area where, you know, the, the, the kind of short area quickness where he could give you something, but you, you got to find some way to get those guys involved. Matt Rule said as much earlier this week that that's, you know, two guys that they're Kemp and, and the tight end group are, are kind of who they're targeting. But I, I was the, the tight end piece of it was more of a surprise to me because I, I kind of assumed coming in that that group based on Marcus Satterfield's background was going to be more of a factor. And they just they really weren't. I mean, they, they weren't targeted. Some of the the route concepts that they chose to run at certain points in the field didn't make sense to me. So, um, you know, you couple that with with Jeff Sims shaky decision decision making, and it's just kind of a crap cocktail of pass game right there. BC, it could be good or bad. What was a standout performance for you uh, walking away from Thursday against Minnesota on offense? Mm. Um. Well, it's probably bad. I mean, it, it's a it's concern about Sims. It, that's you can't overcomplicate this. Like, obviously, it's the most po- important position to me in sports, and uh, it's a very hard position to play. Anybody who watches, it's obvious. But you watch like the quarterback documentary, you get a taste of like all that goes into being that guy. And um, just in those clutch moments, he's just got to be better. There's, or, or you're you're not going to win a game like this on the road. It's it, like you can talk all we want about lining up and smash mouth on this, but on a 10 or 11 play drive, eventually you're going to have to make that third and fourth throw and the right decision has to be made. And so it'll be interesting going forward. I assume for now, you know, you have the same trust and, and belief in a guy if he showed you good things in camp down by the goal line, but you wonder if that weighs on guys' minds when they're calling plays, too, and stuff after you know, that decision right before the end of the half. That was just a bad, such a bad play um, that it, it you, you hope a guy can shake loose from that, but uh, it, it's a tough one. So he's got to have a really short memory. He's got to have a lot of belief in himself, but um, we're going to also see how much the coaching staff believes in him in some of those, those situations like that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move over to the defensive side of the ball. Nebraska played pretty well on defense on Thursday. Sharp. What, uh, what were just your overall thoughts on Nebraska's defense? I mean, we've, we've talked about this three, three, five since Tony white had been announced as a defensive coordinator. We watched the spring game. You heard that the defense was ahead of the offense. And then Nebraska went out there against a Big Ten team uh, that is going to be finding itself offensively, too. And largely after the first quarter, kind of had their way with what Minnesota wanted to do up until the final three minutes of the game. I thought they were competent. I mean, who knows what Minnesota is going to be like offensively moving forward. But I think they tackled better in a first game for Nebraska that I can recall in a while. I mean, they had some busts. And there were some guys that were in wrong places and guys that could have made plays. But I thought for the most part, they did enough to allow Nebraska to win. And they look like there's hope. Um, the way they utilize Singleton, the way they utilize and how Brown played. So I think they're in a good spot defensively. Like, is that is their starting spot to move forward? And we all know, or at least I, I got the feeling, man, they could be better 
than they were on Thursday night. So there's a glimmer of hope, but it's nice to have a competent defensive coordinator. I think that's what Tony White is. And he's going to need it this weekend because it's going to be him against Sean Lewis trying to go Nebraska defense against the schematic of Lewis. And I think he's really, really good. BC, we, we heard Sharp mention it earlier with Travis Hunter, concern about him as a wide receiver. He mentioned another name, and, and this guy uh, caught a couple passes out of the backfield and turned them into massive plays in Dylan Edwards. Who This has been the bane of Nebraska's defensive existence as long as I can remember. The running back trickling out of the backfield, catching a swing pass and being lined up against a linebacker. How do you see Nebraska trying to counteract that speed of Dylan Edwards? And who do you think could be involved in that coverage? <clears throat> oh, that's a good one. Um, I think a guy like Javen Wright could be pretty important in a game like this. I mean, he's former DB who still has like that yeah. skill set, but he, you can line him up in the second level. He played 31 snaps in the opener. Um He's going to be a guy that I think he's really growing into his new position, and I could see him being important in trying to to uh, contain a guy like that. Um, it's going to have to be by committee, though. They're going to rotate so much, it's hard anymore to even single out one guy because they're going to play 20 to 22 guys. Um, but, yes, this is going to be a game where Nebraska did tackle, I thought, exceptionally well for our first game. And maybe you couple that with the fact we heard that they hit more in fall camp than they had before. And um, they, they really got their practice at it. We don't know if TCU did it as much as Nebraska. And maybe that showed a little bit in space in the first game because teams do tend to tackle poorly right off the bat. So now the question is, can Nebraska be what we saw um, Thursday against uh, with a team that I think is going to present a higher degree of difficulty as far as playing them in space. And that's going to be the big question and not just the linebackers, but we've heard how Quinton Newsom's a more physical guy and stuff like that. Those corners there, Colorado's going to see if they can tackle, you know, they're going to see if Malcolm Hartog can make a play in space or if uh, Newsom can do that. So a lot's going to be riding on not letting four yard plays turn into 44. Brunts, when we look at what Nebraska did up front, what stood out for you uh, out of the play of guys like Blaze Gunnarsson and Cam Lenhart, Nash Hutmacher, and Ty Robinson? Yeah, I, I thought Robinson and, and Hutmacher looked like they'd taken a step forward from what they'd been previously. Um, you know, I, I thought Robinson especially was really active before he got thrown out um, for, for targeting. You know, Hutmacher had the big kind of – splash sack uh, when they needed it um, that that was kind of something that you were looking from him going into the season you know I'm eager to see you know Colorado's going to play tempo and you know with Nebraska wanting to kind of do the line change thing I mean how how are you going to be able to do that with a team that's going to snap the ball every eight seconds I mean it, it's going to be a little bit more difficult um, a bit a bit more of a different animal than what they saw against Minnesota but you know I I think if a key for Nebraska in this game is if the front can bring pressure without having to expose the linebackers in the secondary uh, to bring more guys uh, to create pressure. Like if you can win up front, I think that's a, that's a huge thing for Nebraska because um, you know, if, if you start having to bring, you know, five, six guys, I mean, that, that's where you start getting Colorado speed and in space. And, and like Brian said, you're, you're kind of looking at a house call versus a, a short gain. So it's going to be a big one for those guys. Obviously not having Ty Robinson in the first half isn't going to help, but um, you know, he'll, he'll at least be fresh for the second half, I guess, uh, once he's done serving his time. Brian, <laughs> TCU was able to 
It's not like he's like in jail. Kind of. He's in targeting jail. In targeting jail. Thanks, Official. Jim Harbaugh needs to be freed. Somebody needs to free Ty Robinson too. So hey, did did Jim Harbaugh die? It's no, they're just doing a tribute to him. Oh, okay. It's self-imposed right. jail. He, he put himself in jail. He can leave anytime he wants. Are we good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. It's, it's stupid is what it is. Don't. You see, when you look at uh, – you now I don't even remember a question I was going to ask, so you guys have really screwed this whole thing up. I'm sure it was a great question. Um, all right, let's cycle back to this. BC, you look at Nebraska's secondary. Uh, there's a lot of talk of of kind of the cushion that they were allowing yeah. Minnesota's wide receivers. Do you do you think that makes even more sense in a game like Colorado, where you really don't know if you can match speed for speed with guys like Travis Hunter? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was. I understand why people were kind of critical of it um, early on, and it it just felt like Nebraska was getting nickeled and dimed for the first quarter and a half. Um, but this is a game where you, when you want to make your critiques from the couch, you do have to consider that, um, yeah, that guy could also run past you for a 55 yard play. So maybe you want to make Colorado have to piece it together and you're going to count that eventually they're going to make a mistake or you're going to force them to. So there's a, definitely a cat and mouse game, but to that question, like I loved games like this when Cam Taylor Britt was part of this operation because he was so good against like top level guys like Jahan Dotson and those type of players, David Bell. And this is the Quinton Newsom. Like we've, he's always kind of wanted to be one of the best corners in the big 10 in the country. This is like his game, you know, yeah. like, can he be that guy who takes on a big dog who everybody's talking about it, they'll try to match him, you know, Travis Hunter up against different guys, but can't Quinton Newsome when he has the main guys hold that dude down where he maybe makes three or four catches, but it's for 23 yards or something like that, you know, and you just kind of contain him and you kind of make your statement. Yeah, I am one of the best corners in the country. Like I've said, I want to be, and I'm going to be. So um, this is that type of game. <clears throat> Gary, I asked this of, of BC uh, on offense, good or bad. Ooh. Give me a standout performer for you for Nebraska's defense from the Thursday game? Uh, Deshaun Singleton. I, I think he's a Sunday guy. I, I like the way, and he's also versatile because of his size and the way they lined him up all over the field, um, even against the run where they put him in a position to get closer to the line of scrimmage. I think he's a guy moving forward that every single week is going to do something splashy. And he wasn't, he didn't have like a lot of splash plays, but he was just really, really consistent. And I think the mm. position he plays um, he's the guy moving forward that will become a star on this team. And, you know, we didn't see him much last year. He played, what, 67 snaps. I was really impressed. He played, what, all but three snaps, I think, on Thursday night. And he'll be a huge guy roaming the back end on Saturday against Colorado to clean up, clean up some things or at least keep things in front of him. Brunt, good news. I remember the question I was going to ask Brian. It now goes to you. <laughs> How is Nebraska going to get after Sanders, the quarterback? Uh, we saw TCU had some success against Colorado's offensive line. I think he was sacked three or four times. Where do you see the pass rush coming from? And do we have any updates on guys like Jamari Butler, uh, who was thought to be one of Nebraska's pass rushers at the jack position? Yeah, I mean, I like I said earlier, I mean, I think you're going to have to win – you got to win with your three guys up front. Like those guys have to at least make him uncomfortable. Um, even if it's not, 
you know, getting to him and getting a sack, you at least have to flush him a little bit, make him work, um, and, and not just sit in the pocket and play seven on seven. Uh, you know, th- there's going to be times where Nebraska is also going to have to get creative. Uh, it, it's interesting, too. I mean, you know, TCU runs a defense that's kind of from the same family of, of what Nebraska is doing. Um, I, I think Nebraska is going to benefit exponentially by having a little bit of Colorado film to go off of this week. Because uh, it felt like at times TCU was just kind of, you know, fumbling in the dark a little bit about what to expect. So you're, you're going to need your front to play a good game. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to at times get exotic. And and that's, you know, MJ Sherman or uh, Chief Borders didn't have as big of a role on defense last week. But one of those guys, Butler, Matt Rule said, you know, they're going to kind of go through the week with him and see where he's at. Nick Henrich is the same, same, uh, same boat as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, w- w- when you have a really good offense, if your your defensive line can just win one on ones, collapse the pocket and, and make life difficult a little bit, it, it just makes things so much easier on a defense. So that's a big key for me. All right, let's take a mm-hmm. quick time out. When we come back, we're going to dive into the oddly specific predictions, the picks to click and the score predictions for Nebraska, Colorado. You're listening to the Husker 24 mm-hmm. seven podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We did not have any oddly specific predictions absolutely get mm-hmm. nailed, other than I'm sure Fox did debut something dumb. Uh, the three of us <laughs> were at the stadium, uh, so we couldn't we couldn't speak to the broadcast. Also, um, great work by the graphics department, i.e. me, and, and getting that wonderful four-square graphic out there so people could see what the oddly specific predictions are. Uh, just working overtime to, to deliver to the content to the people. So I'm just going to pat myself on the back. All right. Oddly specific predictions. Gary, you get the first one or however many you want, really. I mean, Happer, I think had 15. We cut it down to three. (laughs) Uh, Nebraska will run for 207 Mm -hmm. yards. The longest run will be Gabe Irvin, 43 yards. And Colorado will miss a field goal and Gus Johnson will call it incomplete. (laughs) <laughs> which apparently is a trend with missed field goals as we call them incomplete. Oh, well, <laughs> you just learn something new every day. All right. Um, Michael Brunts, your oddly specific mm. prediction, Nebraska, Colorado. Uh, Nebraska will win the field goal or will, will win the field position battle again. The, they're going to be competitive there. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I'll say average starting position of the their own 
29. We'll say 29. Um, also, I, I think, you know, you're, you're playing at altitude. You got to like that for what that means for potentially Tristan Alvano. I think he kicks a 51-yard field goal. I, I don't know why, but I'm feeling 51. Uh, it's going to go into the end where you've got the, the big Colorado wrapping around oh, yeah. uh, where they throw snowballs from into the student section. So 51-yard field goal by Tristan Alvano, and Nebraska wins the starting field goal pos- or field position battle as well. All right. I am a, I'm going to play off of Brunt's field position battle. And I will say that Brian Buccini will have two punts that are down inside the five-yard line on Saturday. Nebraska will pin Colorado back twice. That's largely because Nebraska's offense is going to stall out roughly on the other side of the 50, probably more than twice, but at least twice. And so there will be opportunities for Brian Buccini to pin Colorado deep. And here's a special bonus, oddly specific prediction. Nebraska will be leading by double digits at some point after the first quarter and Colorado will erase it. Nebraska will have a more than 10 point lead. We'll get even more specific. Nebraska will be up 13 points and Colorado will score 14 unanswered. How will the Huskers respond? That you'll have to just find out for yourself. Brian Christofferson, take it home on the oddly specific predictions. Um, Jalen Lloyd is going to score a touchdown on a reverse of, uh, 31 yards. Um, it'll happen in the second quarter and, um, that'll get everybody buzzing on Twitter. Now, um, okay. I, I want to get into this a little bit. So when you say reverse, is it going to be a handoff from Jeff Sims, like an end around? Is it yeah. going to be a handoff to Gabe Irvin? Who's going to run one direction and Jalen Lloyd will come back the other and he'll hand it off to him. Will the ball be pitched? You, yeah. Like, let's get into the mechanics of how Jalen Lloyd is going to get this. No, play. I have it perfectly pictured in my head. I'm okay. glad you asked, actually. I should have said this. Um, Sims is going to go. He's going to run off the left. It's not going to touch an Ibex hands. He's going to flip it to Jalen Lloyd, who's coming around the so right will side. will be airborne at some point. Yeah, just a small flip. And Lloyd, Lloyd's going to take it in stride. It's going to look really crisp. It'll be like... This was a different version of it. Xavier Betts scored a touchdown against Penn State, which was actually a yes. pass play where it was like a little like 44 yards or something like this. This will be a run in the stat book, but it's going to be similar to that, like a little pitch just like that backwards. Okay. And, and Lloyd takes it to the house with his speed and so, uh, gets so Gus going. we're all going. on the same page. It's Jeff Sims is going left, so Lloyd would be doubling back to the right coming yep. around. Yep, okay. and he's gone. And we're going to see that track speed. It's going to be a little message like, hey, to uh, those guys, like, uh, who's the guy on ESPN? Or the, or was it Keyshawn? He's like, yeah, they're slow. It's going to yes. be like Jalen Lloyd. Jalen Lloyd's going to throw one in his face there. And we could <laughs> we could get into that whole discussion about slow receivers. Um, anyway. We sure could. But we're, we'll <laughs> we're, we're, we're above that. <laughs> we'll hold on. Right All right. Picks to click. We're going back around. Starting with BC. <laughs> what am I doing? Pick to click? Um, are you new here? <laughs> Quentin Newsom, I'll stick with that. It's uh, it's his game. He's gonna. I think he'll play well. He has to play well if Nebraska is gonna do it. All those guys do. But uh, this is a, a Q's chance to be like a, a spotlight guy. And and uh, honestly, if you're not hearing much about him, he, he's he is yeah. doing what he's supposed to do. That's what Cam Taylor Britt did so well in those games. You would just take the guy sort of out of the equation. 
I'm going to weave a pick to click into sort of an oddly specific prediction. Blaze Gunnarsson's going to have one and a half sacks as my pick to click. And one of those sacks is going to be on a critical third down where he wrestles Sanders to the ground, gets up and throws the bones in the middle of Folsom field to a chorus of boos. Brunts. Hmm. Uh, I liked what I saw from him last week. Um, and I, I, I'm going to go with Omar Brown. I think he's going to have a good game. They're going to need a good game from him. Um, you know, Matt Rule said that he's expecting 10, 10 plus deep balls on Saturday. And I, I feel like Omar Brown's going to have to have something to say on, on at least a few of those. So I am going with uh, Omar Brown as my pick to click. Oh, indeed. All right. Sharp. I got a bunch of defensive guys here, so I got to give some love to the offense. I will say that uh, Marcus, no relation to Maurice, will say, I like what you did in 2019. I'm going to do the same thing. My pick to click is Maurice Washington. With an oddly specific, Marcus Washington will score a touchdown. It will not be from 75 like Mo Washington in the fourth quarter in 19, but it'll be, it'll be significant that he scores a touchdown. Slightly better, uh, slightly better out there with Marcus Washington in the second half throwing the football. Slightly better. Uh, okay, it is score prediction time. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if anyone's gonna do it, but we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, Michael Brunts made the most grimacing face there, so we will start with Ooh. him. Who? Uh, yeah, I don't know where to go with this. Um, I think it's gonna be a one-score game somehow. I think. I think Nebraska is going to be some play. (laughs) Somehow, look at the team play. Uh, You're told the luck is always random, too. Yeah. No, I I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean. I saw enough in the first week with Nebraska that 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 I'm a little spooked. So I will go with Colorado in a very narrow, but I think they keep it low scoring somehow. I'm gonna say. Colorado 23, Nebraska 20. All right. All right. I will, I'll get mine out of the way. You know, how I told you Nebraska is going to have a 13 point lead. They're going to lead 20 to seven. And then Colorado is going to score two touchdowns to take the lead 21 to 20. And Tristan Alvano is going to walk it off with a field goal. Nebraska 23, <laughs> Colorado 21. I'm sticking with it. I picked Nebraska to win this game before the year. One result isn't going to change it for me. I'm sticking with Nebraska. BC. I I said this on a sharp show, but I'm not going to predict it. I honestly think this could be a game where either side wins it by two touchdowns, and I don't know which way. Like, it could be a deal where Colorado comes out, and it's like they, that. this show is for real. Like, they are legit. Like, they got dudes, and it, it's going to be interesting. And And they are a problem for Nebraska in a big way. I could also see where Nebraska could go out there after a week of everybody patting Colorado on the back. I think it's a tough psychological game for the Buffaloes. I really do. I think Nebraska was done a favor by the fact if Colorado was going to play that well, they might as well beat TCU and get everybody just on that bandwagon and talking about them all week. So I think Nebraska, and you, I think rules playing into that too. He's like, let's just go play football. Like I think he's, he knows that there's a lot of hype over there. It's like, let's just go do our job and uh, things can go our way. So I kind of wonder if it's going to be actually slanted one side or the other, but I don't like putting that on paper because you lo- you can't really explain it in a sentence. So I'll say Nebraska 25, Colorado 22, 
I really do think the Huskers can win this game. And I think they need to view it more as an opportunity than like some like, oh, no, you know, like it, you okay. could get a ranked team. And it's a it's a big chance to just like immediately fire people up with a win like that on a stage like that as you go into your home schedule. So it's a it's a great it's a great moment. It's actually a great college football setup, and it's it's great for Nebraska to try to get this thing jump started. All right, Gary, take us home. Your right. prediction. Uh, Nebraska, Tristan Alvano will have a couple of field goals, but one of those field goals will not be at the end of the game. Nebraska wins 27-24, and the game finishes with Nebraska taking a knee as they are running out the clock. Right in the middle of the Buffalo. <laughs> Do you think Matt Rule will will ask if in your version of this, Gary, will Matt Rule ask the media or let the media know that he has receipts? Uh yes, and he will he will there's one person on this panel that he will look at. He goes, Do you believe? Do you believe? <laughs> he doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. Oh, all right. Well, this uh this should be a fun week. I mean, this this is a fun game. I wish that I was gonna be out there, but Brunson and BC will be there. Sharp, are you making the trip? I am not making the trip. There's a little high school game in Omaha on Friday night. Yeah, I, I think I'll be at that same high school game that you are uh that you're talking about there. Maybe we should do a hype cast for that one too. How do you oh. think that would go over? <laughs> Probably not so good. <laughs> All right. Well, for uh, for Gary Sharp at 1620 The Zone, for Brian Christopherson, Michael Bruns, Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7, we appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the game, and we'll be back next week with another Husker 24-7 hype cast.